I'm Halima Atta, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Perspective. Happy beginning of summer, everyone. I know the summer solstice technically won't be occurring until June 20th of this year, but all of my AP exams and finals are officially finished, so summer has begun for me at least. I find it so weird that I won't be talking about school anymore as my opener. I mean, I won't be for a while since the start of summer vacation marks the temporary removal of the word school from my daily language. So on that note, summer beginning means that graduation season just wrapped up and I actually have some relatives who just graduated. First, there was my older sister who graduated from law school in D.C. and my other sister who also graduated from university. But speaking of the latter, she actually got a job very recently at Louis Vuitton something with marketing and design, which are a couple of her interests, so that's very fitting. So once she announced this news to my family and I that she earned this job position, we were ecstatic, and not solely because she got a job immediately after graduation, but also because it was for Louis Vuitton. I mean, that's a designer brand. It's considered to be a pretty big deal. So following this announcement, we all started sending her links of products we wanted from the brand as a lighthearted joke, you know, a way for her to utilize her newfound employee discount. But during this humorous attempt to congratulate my sister, I found myself looking through the very extensive designer catalog of the website. After a little bit of deep thought, I found myself wondering what about Louis Vuitton is so captivating that it has been deemed a designer brand. Looking at those prices, one really can't help but wonder what is so unique about this brand that justifies their prices. And then I realized nothing. Don't get me wrong, Louis Vuitton's website showcases a really nice assortment of bags, clothing items, accessories, like it's all very neat and aesthetically pleasing, but it's only worth so much because of the name. A majority of consumers buy from brands like Louis Vuitton to possess the name, and I cannot blame them. Designer brands really have built empires that make people think they are much more valuable than they are. Which made me curious as to why their advertising is so effective, and more importantly, why people actually assign so much value to their products. After doing a little bit of internet research and social media exploring, I realized that the value assigned to these products is a lot deeper than it may seem. The recent emergence of a black luxury movement and growing advertisement for designer brands within social media, they all allude to the presence of a bigger issue. So continue listening to learn all about it. So as I previously mentioned, what I find so fascinating about luxury products, designer items, is the value that many consumers tend to put in it, which is usually more than it's actually worth. For example, the iPhone 11 Pro Max costs approximately $490.50 in total to manufacture. On the official Apple website, it costs almost $1,000 just to buy. And many people don't know this, but something that plays a huge role in the reason why that buying price is so much more expensive than the production price is because many people put so much value into Apple, the word, the brand, the name. People want to possess the Apple logo, the brand name, because it's something that's been so heavily advertised and endorsed by celebrities and people that we associate value with. So, of course, we're going to associate value with the product, the brand, which is Apple. And it's built a lot of popularity over time. I mean, it's been founded since the 70s, the 1970s. So it's something that's built so much popularity over time that we as consumers assign so much value to it, so much more than it's actually worth. I was actually able to discuss this entire topic in depth in one of my earlier episodes this season, which was entitled, Are You a Brand Fanatic? So you should definitely go and listen to that if you want to hear, if you want to get a deeper understanding on this aspect of the issue, because that's not what I'm going to be focusing on for this episode. Instead, I wanted to shift the focus onto the people who are responsible for this value that is put into Apple, Louis Vuitton, these designer brands and these huge companies. 
People that buy, consumers, have now built the Black luxury movement. It's essentially where members of the Black community are opting to implement more representation into the luxury aesthetic. More specifically, it's regarded as the normalized Black woman in luxury movement. This can be considered a collective effort to change society's view of those in marginalized communities as people that are worth more, that are wealthier, that are more valuable. Social media apps like Pinterest, for example, really do clearly demonstrate the reason why so many members of the Black community have opted to be a part of this new Black luxury movement. For example, Pinterest has almost no people of color in luxury aesthetic pictures. Pinterest, for starters, if you didn't know what it was or if you don't use it, is a platform where people can pin photos, like quote unquote pin photos, add them to their vision boards of what life that they would want for themselves or what maybe clothing items they want or like jewelry items that they would like to have. Like it's just a place for you to plan your future, plan the things that you desire to have. And so for many people, this includes planning out vacations, potential trips, stuff like that. And because there's such a lack of people of color in these photos, many have just started to be part of this movement where they can implement more people of color into luxury settings and the luxury aesthetic because it's nice to have representation. Representation is important in almost every aspect of life, obviously not the negative ones, but positive ones like vacationing and nice aesthetics, like that's something that people of color should be included in as well. So the black luxury movement is a good example. Well, Pinterest is a good example why the black luxury movement was created in the first place to put more black bodies, more people of color into luxury settings and aesthetics, which everyone does deserve to be a part of. Now, a demonstration of this movement can be seen through the existence of a rich black girl niche on TikTok, another social media platform. Basically here, people who are rich black will put like shift the focus of their content from making whatever videos are trending at the time, maybe like dancing TikToks, stuff like that, to them displaying their wealth, things that they do that can be associated with luxury or class or money. And people will comment, I'm so excited to be on rich black girl TikTok or rich black person TikTok. It's by, it's the intentions are to implement more representation, more people of color into the wealthier aspect of TikTok. Because when you search up like hashtag wealth or like luxury money, you see predominantly white people. And so the black people that are a part of this movement aim to foster representation and more people of color in these facets of social media because it's typically dominated by white people. It's also important to define what I am referring to when I use the word luxury. While it seems like it focuses solely on luxury bags, designer items, it's actually an umbrella term. There are different categories of what is considered luxury, while many tend to focus on tangible items. So according to Merriam-Webster, luxury can either be a condition of abundance and comfort or something which adds to pleasure but isn't absolutely necessary. So with the aforementioned Pinterest example, luxury really just refers to any portrayal of wealth whether a single tangible item like a purse or an all-inclusive resort trip. And if you're listening right now, you might be wondering, well, since your podcast is centered around societal issues, how could this aim to implement more representation into luxury spaces be a bad thing? What are the poor intentions behind it? Now, from the surface level, it doesn't seem like there could possibly be any problems presented by a movement like this. Representation matters, and that includes representation in almost every facet of life. Having luxury things, wealth, those are positive, right? Well, this movement actually poses a few negatives, if you will. The first is its promotion of materialism. This can be defined as a tendency to believe that consumer goods and services provide the greatest source of satisfaction in life. 
Now, capitalism and materialism go hand in hand. When movements like the Black Luxury Movement, for example, emerge, they serve as a blatant reminder that we live in a pretty capitalistic society, that we are consumers who assign value to the things that we purchase, rather than assigning value to the effort that went into producing them. This is actually known as commodity fetishism, and I discussed it in the episode I previously mentioned earlier in season two entitled, Are You a Brand Fanatic? So again, if you want to hear that more in depth, I definitely suggest you listen to that episode. And I'm not saying all of this just to trash capitalism. According to social psychologist Tim Kasser, our form of capitalism encourages materialistic values. So when you look at demonstrations of the black luxury movement on Instagram, for example, or even on Pinterest, you'll see a lot of black people, you know, donning these luxury and designer purses and belts and items that they've gotten and just in the luxury movement as a whole, not even just within this subcategory, you'll see people po- like posing with nice, really expensive items they've gotten. And it really does allude to the materialistic nature of it, which is a negative because we shouldn't, like, as humans, it's not an innate ability of ours to be materialistic, to seek these things, these tangible items. That's not something that we need to survive. And so when you notice that this is just a a sub, a sub, not a subcategory, but it's just a direct result of capitalism, like that society that we live in, it makes a lot of sense that we're, we're driven to get these items, these luxury items. And I kind of went on a tangent there, but my main point here is that when you see recent, like new movements emerging, such as the black luxury movement, for example, you notice that they are the founding ideology of them is that we need to acquire more tangible items. We are worth more when we get things that we assign a lot of value to, like expect expensive phones and expensive purses, luxury belts, luxury items. And that's definitely a negative aspect of them that a lot of people don't really notice. Another negative posed by the existence of this movement is a promotion of exclusivity. A specific study conducted in 2018 set out to find the number of Americans who bought luxury items, as well as how their income level played a role in that. This research found that approximately 45% of respondents with a high income said that they bought premium or luxury shoes within that year. The biggest takeaway from this statistic is that not everyone who has a high income, not everyone in general, buys luxury premium designer items. Now, that seems like a given. It seems pretty obvious, which it is. But this helps set up the fact that it promotes exclusivity. Movements like the black luxury movement, for example, showcase that people who want to buy luxury items are part or who can afford specifically, like who can afford to buy luxury items, are part of an elite class, are part of an exclusive group of people, which is true. The statistics show that not everyone who have the means to who can afford to buy these luxury items actually end up doing it, which means that the people who do buy these luxury items and products, these designer products, are a part of a minority group, but one in a positive light, not a marginalized community, but rather one that people seek to be included in. Now, that desire to be different isn't an issue in itself. It's not wrong to want to be a part of a special or discernible group. The problem becomes very visible when you realize that many people drive themselves into poverty to be a part of this exclusive group. Many people who do not have disposable income to spend on luxury items and designer things end up doing it so that they can be promised exclusivity and to be to be special, to be included in this group. And they end up doing it so much so to the point where they have no more disposable income. Usually that wasn't even present at all, but to the point where they drive themselves into poverty, which is a very clearly negative aspect of this luxury movement. So by now, you've probably noticed that I'm distinguishing this movement by its racial aspect, focusing solely on the black luxury movement, not the luxury movement as a whole, as a general idea. It's really important for me to note this aspect of the entire topic point, to note that 
the fact that this movement is centered around black people carries the most weight because of its connection to respectability politics, something that plays a huge role in the injustices faced by the black community. This movement essentially serves as support to it. And again, you're probably wondering, Halima, how could it be wrong to want to implement more diversity and representation into the luxury aesthetic? Like, how is that a bad thing? To answer this question, I want to start off by defining what respectability narratives are. These are representations of marginalized individuals meant to depict them as sharing similar traits, values, and morals that align with the dominant group's definition of respectability. So when discussing the luxury movement, designer items, fancy vacations, these signs of wealth are the similar trait or value that I previously mentioned. This completely aligns with the dominant racial group's idea of respectability, deeming people who fit this narrative as more important than others. So now when you recognize the definition of respectability politics as a school of thought that utilizes respectability narratives as a basis for enacting social, political, and legal change, you realize that the luxury movement, especially within the Black community, serves as a problem. When movements like the Black luxury movement start to gain traction, which they have been recently, they shift the focus on from uplifting Black people as a collective, viewing them all in a positive light regardless of their social or economic status, to solely those who showcase luxury or wealth or are of a higher income or who have access to disposable income to spend on whatever items they want. It's materialistic and alludes to the nature of respectability politics. It especially affects Black people, which is why I focus this episode on that specific movement to the dominant racial group to the white to the white people of the country it seems like a way to figure out which black individuals have quote-unquote value which ones are important or valid members of society because as i said before respectability politics and those who promote that ideology it thrives off of people assimilating themselves with what is deemed correct what is deemed good or valuable so in this sense it's no surprise that luxury items wealth luxury things are a sign of are a positive thing. They're viewed as correct, what we should all strive for. So when the Black luxury movement gains traction and a lot of Black people feel the need to force, like to feel the need to show that they have luxury items, that they have money, to show that they have wealth, it's something that really just caters and it panders to the dominant racial group. Maybe the racists of that racial group, should I say, like to specify, that want everybody to assimilate with an idea of what is deemed respectable, with wealth, with money, that not everybody has access to, not solely within the black community, within the entire population, like as a whole. Not everybody has access to these things, to these luxury items, which is why it's deemed exclusive and elite. And the fact that many people will go to the greatest lengths just to be included in this luxury movement, many many just people in general who don't have access to this disposable income will go to huge lengths to gain access to it, lengths that they really should not be going to. They drive themselves into poverty just to be respected because respectability politics thrives off of making people go into poverty to seem more respectable or as more valid in society. So again, there's nothing wrong with the black luxury movement in itself. It's great to want to show like things that you might have worked for. That's great. But the problem is very clear when you realize that its effects are pandering to the racists of the population. It serves as a way for people to discover, for the dominant racial group to discover which black people are quote unquote valid members of society, which ones can bring positive things to the table, not realizing that luxury and wealth, luxury designer items are not the only sign of somebody who is a valid member of the population. Like having a designer item or a bag is not in any way indicative of somebody's potential to be 
correct, like quote unquote correct. Like having designer items, that is only, that's the surface level. Somebody possessing a Louis Vuitton belt or purse doesn't mean that, oh, they are hardworking, amazing, great people. I can respect them now. See, there's an issue that I completely like just demonstrated within that example. Respecting somebody that you deem respectable because they have expensive things is a completely wrong approach to politics. Like respectability politics thrives off of inequity. It thrives off of making people who don't have access to these things feel inferior, feel less than. So when you realize that luxury movements as a whole, not just black luxury movements, thrive off of elitism and just kind of excluding people to showcase that some people have luxuries, some don't, you realize that the problem lies in its effects. Not the people who partake in the movement, but rather the effect that it has on the dominant racial group and how they view people that don't have luxury things, as opposed to people that do. So the problem isn't that people want to buy nice things, that black people want to be more represented in the luxury aesthetic. The problem is that the black luxury movement is now being used as a tool for the dominant racial group to figure out which black people in society can they, they can deem as respectable or valid. But this isn't to say that whenever black people connect themselves to luxury, it's done with poor intentions or that it shouldn't be done at all. I think that the focus of the movement should shift. And this is directed towards the general movement to showcase more diversity within the producers of these luxury items rather than the brands or the items themselves. By this, I mean people should start highlighting more luxury brands owned and created by people of color rather than assigning so much value to the items themselves and who buys them, which works to promote respectability politics. Because while it isn't wrong to want to have or to have nice things, the desire to have luxurious items isn't innate. It was instilled in people's minds by capitalism and by the pioneers of financial systems like it. It's definitely possible to recognize this and own luxurious things. Because once you acknowledge that this human action is where your desire to have nice things stems from, it's nothing innate to you as a human. You can move forward and become a more informed consumer. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you were able to learn something about the world of luxury, the luxury movement, and more specifically, how it's working to our demise. If you enjoyed listening, make sure to go check out A Little Perspective in Apple Podcasts and leave us a positive review and keep up with us at A Little Persp Podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week here on A Little Perspective.